0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! You have tuned in to... Episode number 69 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam
1: with Bowser Consulting. I am Drew. Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting.
0: And as we alluded to in episode 68, we are going to talk about being proactive instead of reactive and doing something that uh, is near and dear to most operators that have been around for more than a minute and that's uh, handling the rush and helping
1: proactive, can help you do just that. What do you think about that? I think since this is a seconds and cents business, then that's what we're going to talk about because seconds and cents become minutes and dollars. And we can, we can make this useful, whether you're an assistant, a manager, a supervisor, a director, or a franchisee.
0: I love it. Hey, uh, with that said, uh, this seconds and cents and cents leading to dollars Lucas, drop us uh, a new sound bite. Mommy. In uh, today's episode, like I said, we're going to talk about handling the rush and being proactive. And the reason I want to talk about that, Drew, is last or a couple of weeks ago now, I was in uh, store uh, 9115. I get my 15s mixed up because I got a 7515 and a 9115, as in Cottonwood Heights. And uh, Friday night, it was just me and Natalia running the make line. And we went through, I don't know, I think we had 150 and 160 item orders hour back to back. And we did okay. We didn't. Knock the lights out, but we uh we we stayed relatively okay. We certainly did not have brand damaging service that night. and then the next night it was just me on the make line um and uh, I think my high item hour was maybe one ten. and when I got there at three o'clock, the load time was in the mid sevens, and when I left at ten o'clock. The load time, I think, was 4.49. So dropped it a couple of minutes. And, um, you know, 100 item hour is not hugely busy in today's Domino's pizza. But for an old man like me, uh, it, it it kept me hopping. And I think what I really want to talk about is not, you know, how fast I am, because I'm certainly not as fast as I used to be. I ain't as
1: good as I once was. I got a few
0: But I think what helped us deliver really great service that night was, you know, many years ago when I first started out, the first managers I ever had always taught me to be looking for what's coming next and be proactive, which you're a big fan of. And so every time the screen is clear, I'm looking at my bins and I'm making sure I've got everything I need for the next pizza that's coming up instead of saying, oh, the screen's clear. Now I can take a break. I think I attack the empty screen as hard as I attack the full screen because I know that screen's going to fill back up again. Does that make any sense at all?
1: does 100%. I know you said this is about handling the rush, but it's not. It's about everything. But we'll use handle the rush because it's the easiest thing to, to focus on. I have changed my mindset over the years from training drivers on how to answer phones before they take a delivery to I just need them to deliver. Phones don't ring a ton. So a driver comes in the store now. And if I'm in the store and there's not a run for them, I tell them what to do. And that usually starts with go over to the make line, ask that person exactly what you need to refill. And their usual normal driver answer is, I don't know how to do that. And my general answer is, have you ever opened a bag before? Yes, that's what you're going to do. Because that's the most useful thing they can do at that moment. I don't need them to try and top or learn something right now. Just refill some bins because we're going to use all that product in the next hour anyway. You and I have talked about prep reports and we've talked about getting ahead. And the last couple episodes, proactive versus reactive keeps coming up. Man, that's all where it's at. I'm slightly distracted because you were talking about you and Natalia working on a line and that same weekend, it was myself and Mike and one CSR in a line. I was trying to figure out if we did better than you or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure Mike and
0: Natalia talked about that at, at, at Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. Four minute load with over uh, 200 items for the three of us. That's amazing. But it's because we were prepped up. The entire difference in the store we were at Friday and Saturday was being prepped up. Okay, I'm gonna say something blasphemous here for a second. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I think. This is a really easy job. It is. You don't need a degree. You do not. You don't need certificates. Okay, you might need like a food handler certificate or serve safe, but you don't really need a certificate to do this job. There's on the job training literally can be minutes for you to figure out what it is you're supposed to do. Correct. This is not a difficult job. Where it becomes difficult. Is where we allow the business to run us instead of us running the business. Also correct. And that's this whole conversation of proactive versus reactive. And and I know, I know I, I ruined it when I said this isn't just about handling the rush, right? But it's this it, it isn't. The the manager who's always hiring is being proactive. The reactive is waiting for someone to quit and then, oh my God, my closing driver's gone. I need a closing driver. I don't have a closing driver for the next two weeks. I give that example because. From a manager standpoint, the rush ends in three hours. Not having a closing driver is stress for weeks, dozens of extra hours, because now the AM's got to close and I've got to drive. and they, I've got to close and the AM's got to drive. And I got to call around and borrow. And I create all of this work because I didn't spend a half hour a week, the last four, six, eight weeks hiring when I didn't think I needed to hire. Doing some active recruiting. Talking to customers. Taking a couple of deliveries on a Saturday lunch just to say, Do you know anybody that's looking for a part-time job? I can't stress enough. You make your job more difficult by being reactive, waiting for the customer care case instead of calling ahead. We talked about being on deliveries. like All of this stuff is, is about getting ahead of it and addressing it head on or waiting and hoping. Suddenly, there's a George Carlin skit in my head when I say waiting and hoping because It just reminds me very clearly of George Carlin. And for those of you that don't know who that is, it's because I'm old.
0: I I mean, here's the deal. I think when it comes to being proactive, we're we're pretty good for the most part of getting ready for that first rush. I think where some of us start to miss the bus is that second rush, the third rush, the fourth rush. We know we're going to sell pizzas until the end of the night. If there's no onions in the bin and we get a deluxe, we've just made our job harder. We've just made our load time go up. We've just made the customer experience go down. You're going to sell more onions. If you're hoping that you sell no more onions till the end of the night so you can clean that bin, And then you're being crazy. I mean, we've got to be ready for the next pizza. We've got to be ready, have enough dough out, have enough sauce out, have our make line bins
1: stock. Then I get into the nitty gritty about something that just, just slightly drives me nuts. If you're using carryover, you're supposed to have scissors and clips. When you need the bag, you're supposed to cut the bag open, date the bag, and then pour the product in and then clip the bag. Is that correct, Sam? I believe that is correct. So in a seconds and sense business, when do you want to look for scissors, look for a clip, date a bag, cut open a bag? When do you want to do that? When you need the product or when you're putting the product into the make line? I would want to do it when there's no
0: need for the product so that when there is a need for the product, it's
1: there. I don't understand why this is such a hard concept. You're putting the stuff in the make line to use it. You're going to use it. Cut the bag, clip the bag, date the bag at two o'clock in the afternoon when you have no pizzas up and it doesn't matter. Cut the bag, clip the bag, date the bag at 9.30 in the morning before you're open when you stock your make line fully for your entire day rush because you expect to use the product. Why wait till 7.15 to to then have to have Drew, who doesn't know your store, go, where are your scissors? Where are your clips? When do you date this stuff? Oh my God, it's seven o'clock. We're 45 pizzas down and I have to look for a date sticker. I'm losing my mind.
0: Let's back all the way up to episode 68. And I think what we're seeing here is that the reason that you're getting hives And that you're so frustrated is because you are looking at this situation based on your life's experiences. So, when I tell somebody, just go buy a pair of pants, and I've never had to order a pair of 3838 pants, I don't get that because that's not my experience. I think what a lot of our leaders are experiencing now in these Domino's pizza stores is they haven't had the luxury that I know that I had coming up. And that's a lot of shoulder to shoulder time with somebody that had shoulder-to-shoulder time with someone else, and they taught them to be proactive and why it was so important. And they were right there when that team member reached for the onions and they were able to say, wasn't that a lot easier than having to fill it while you have to make that pizza? As intuitive as it seems, as commonsensical as it seems, it's just not. There are not a lot of people in the world that are looking for the things they need before they need them I mean, how many times have you seen somebody out of gas on the side of the road?
1: What we're talking about is that's why people still smoke and why you you have bad diets and why people don't exercise. Like all of those things are proactive and we are a reactionary society. I, I 100% get that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important to us, especially as consultants, when we're in these stores to lead the way by doing it the correct way and then talking about how much easier it is. When you've done it, you know, I wasn't able to get through hundred plus item hours because I'm super fast. I'm not, I mean, I think I'm relatively efficient and I think I'm relatively expedient, but that had far less to do with getting through that rush and giving customers great experience than constantly moving and doing something to be ready for the next rush. I mean, I'm sure it was the same when when you and Mike and one another CSR were were handling your your 200 item hours. You know, rarely would you look at the make line and see anything in the catch pans, because as soon as the screen clears, I'm clearing the catch pans and I'm refilling my bins every single time. I don't think I left the make line for four hours straight for anything. You know, if there was a driver in, I knew that I needed that next bag of cheese and I was going to need it in the next 10 minutes. And I had them get it then so that when they were out on the road, because drivers drive when they were out on the road, I had what I needed at my fingertips. And, you know, I don't wait to scrape the last sauce onto the last pizza during the rush, I'm gonna wait until it slows down so I can do those things that take a little bit more time so that during the rush, I'm just getting sauce out of a bucket that has sauce in it. And I'm constantly moving forward, looking for what needs to happen next. You know, I swapped sauce buckets out and there was probably still an inch, inch and a half of sauce left in the bottom of the bucket. Somebody said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I don't wanna have to swap this while the screen's full, so I'm gonna do it now and later in the night then I'll get the rest of that sauce out when there's one pizza and I know there's not going to be a rush. We've got to be, I don't know,
1: you said it, proactive, proactive, proactive. It's also about looking at the way we've always done it. So over the last couple of weeks, as I've taught my inventory class, I shared a story. I don't think I've shared it on the podcast. Oh, share it now. Share it now. Share it now. Sam, have you ever had pot roast for dinner?
0: You know, I have had pot roast and um, spoiler alert, you did share this on the podcast, but it was over a year ago and we've got new
1: listeners. So why don't you tell us about grandma's pot roast? I will. I will tell you about my mom's pot roast. So here you go. My wife, Jody and I, as we were starting dating, uh, we had Sunday dinner one time and she makes this pot roast. And I've had pot roast before and the pot roast had the ends cut off. And I said, why do you have the ends cut off your pot roast? I've never seen that before. And her response was that's how my mom taught me how to make pot roast. A Couple months go by. I happen to be at my mother-in-law's house for Sunday dinner. And lo and behold, it's pot roast for dinner. And the ends are cut off the pot roast. And I go, Linda, why have you cut the ends off the pot roast? And she looks at me and she looks at my wife and she goes, That's the way my mother taught me. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. A couple months go by and I get the fabulous opportunity to go have dinner at my wife's grandmother's house, Mama. And Mama makes pot roast. And I notice the ends are cut off the pot roast. And I go, Mama, Linda makes her pot roast with the ends cut off. Jody makes her pot roast with the ends cut off. Why do you make the pot roast with your ends cut off? And she goes, cuz my pan's too small. Say, say that, say that reason again. Because my pan is too small. So it
0: doesn't really have anything to do with changing the taste or how it cooks. Not at all. But Jody and your mother-in-law didn't know that and they thought if you don't cut the ends
1: off, all heck breaks loose because that's all they knew. That's what they were shown and, and that's what they knew. They cut the ends off, perfectly good meat, wasted. Now, I tell this story when I'm doing an inventory class because I'm asking you, or a product class, I'm asking you to reevaluate the way you're always taught because I have been in plenty of markets in my years, especially when I was on the corporate side, where the idea was, we're busy, therefore we can't do the things you're supposed to do to standard because we're busy. And I would argue it's the other way around when you're busy is when you buckle down and you follow standards more and closer because you're, you're going to give yourself less room for error, less room for issue, but it's a, it's so much harder because you've got to be proactive. You've got to work and do things when you're not busy, where what you really want to do is just fire up the phone and check the gram to make sure how many likes your last post got when you're not busy. Check the gram. That's that's what I'm going for there. I was, I was trying to be hip and happen. Did it did it come through for a second? It
0: did for me, but you know I'm older than you, so crap. Not the best. It probably didn't.
1: No, probably wasn't effective. But but that's the point, right? That's that's the choice you have is to do nothing when it's slow, and then be like, oh my god, we're so busy. I have to run and get this, and we're out of that. Now we're at twelve minute load times because I haven't made a pizza in eight minutes because I'm running around getting all the stuff I could have done three hours ago. That's the difference. That moment when you're behind because you weren't ready had so much stress, had so much work, had so much pressure when all you had to do was a couple seconds of work when it wasn't busy. And, and trying, to, trying to ingrain that in the people is way harder than it should be today.
0: It's grandma's pot roast all over again. They see their manager filling up the bin when it's empty instead of being proactive. They see their manager going to get a tray of dough when they're out instead of going to get three
1: trays of dough when they're down to two. Or the two or three stores that you and I aren't involved in that are crazy busy rushes that run really long load times all the time. That's just what it is. We're too busy to run a good load time. So this is, and by the way, it's not like the load time is high and the wait time is low. It's both, both are high, but it's just what it is.
0: We're too busy. We've got to realize that If we get more efficient in utilizing all the minutes we're on the clock, all the minutes we're on the clock are going to be much less stressful. You know, the night that I'm in Cottonwood Heights and I'm running the make line by myself, was it a lot of work? Yes, it was. But it wasn't stressful. It was, here's another order. I've got everything I need. I make it. It's in the oven. Here we go. There was a couple of things that were really rewarding. The first thing was... You know, you and I have been doing this long enough that when I see metrics, that's rewarding enough for me. But the thing that was more rewarding were the drivers at the end of the rush coming in and saying, it seemed like we were busy tonight, but it never seemed like we were overwhelmed or we got way behind. It was nice to see that the other team members realized what efficiency should look like and what a Domino's pizza store should look like and how we were able to do that because of the way we're being proactive. And it wasn't just me being proactive. Like you said, you know, when the drivers are coming in, I'm asking them to do things. And at the beginning of the night, I was asking them to do things. And towards the end of the night, they were looking for things to do. So they were they were getting on
1: board with it. And that that was super rewarding. It's amazing how that works, right? That if you start to show somebody how they can be a part of something, and how everything can benefit from their little bit of work, they want to. Yeah, I think we're so caught up
0: in this. (laughs) That's above my pay scale. I can't ask them to do things. I can't ask them to be an image. I can't ask them to do this. Maybe you can. Maybe you should. Maybe they'll feel more rewarded. Maybe if they feel empowered to do more things, or if they feel like they're a part of the team, maybe they'll stay
1: longer. That means being proactive, assigning... Out tasks when they clock in, not when it's ready for them to clock out. All of these things. Now you're giving me
0: hives. I hate out tasks. I like to call it side work. Correct. Because an
1: out task is the last thing you do before you clock out. Whereas side work is what you do during the shift so that as soon as you're ready, you can go. Yeah, that's a fact, Jack. I completely agree. Again, though, right? All of this is do you let your business run you or do you run your business? Exactly. I have no problem with supervisors that look at power in the morning and go, okay, wait, service is really bad at this store. I need to go by and see what happened. They didn't call me last night. I didn't know about it till I open up power in the morning. I need to, I need to go address that. I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. Except why do you only know about it now? You're being reactionary about it. There's nothing you can do about yesterday's service except go, do you know, manager, why service broke yesterday? That's it. What can we do today so that tomorrow doesn't repeat? I don't need to go to a store to do that. All I need to do is call you, holy cow, how did we lose our communication yesterday that 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 service was that bad and you didn't tell me didn't call me didn't notify me
0: I mean that's probably a discussion for a whole nother podcast thing. you know the communication could have broken down for any number of reasons, one of them may be you're a
1: seagull leader that's highly possible now in this example, when Sam and I are saying you, we are not talking to each other, just so we're clear. That's just it, right? All of this is about being proactive or reactionary. If I'm waiting for the numbers to tell me what I need to do today, I can't change any of those numbers. But if I have a plan for the week, I bet I can change all of those numbers for the week ahead of time. At least I have a fighting chance. I would so much more bet on myself to adjust a number in my plan. Whereas I know I know I have a chance. Whereas once it's done, I can't adjust it at all. I mean, unless you have a DeLorean. That was on TV yesterday. Groundhog Day was on TV yesterday too. Over and over and over again? It was actually. It was kind of funny. That is funny.
0: All right, cool. Again, I think it's time to uh, put your seat backs in the upright position and uh, close your chair tables and we're on final approach. Anything else on uh, being proactive? Let me put it this way.
1: If your plan today is to use the same build list that you've had in your store for four years, five years from three GMs ago. If you're a supervisor and your plan today is to do the same thing you've done every day, I'm going to air quotes, visit all of my three, four, five stores today. You're still being reactionary. Be proactive. Do something today, right now, to make four hours from now better. I don't know what that is. Drink water. Eat a banana. I don't care. But do something right now to make four hours from now better. See how that feels and see if it's worth it for you to spend the two minutes now to make a couple hours so much easier. A spoiler alert it will 100%. So, we've talked about what's in it for the customer to be proactive, better load times, better out the door times. What's in it for me? Oh my gosh. If you're a frontline team member, a driver, it's better tips. If you're a CSR, it's no customer care cases. It's less stress because you're just cranking pizzas through, no matter who you are. There's a level of stress once you hit 10, 15, 20 minutes on that make line. There's even if you're a, a brand new insider, that feels weird. And and it, it's overwhelming to see a number like I'm a 100 down. Like, Nick, no one wants to be there. So why add stress to your life by sitting here waiting for the stress to occur where you could be doing something right now to adjust it?
0: I love where you went with that. Here's, here's something else that it's in it for you. Let's say your load times creep up to 30 minutes. If your load times are 30 minutes and my load times are four, my rush ended 26 minutes before yours did. So I didn't have to work as hard for as long because I chose to use those times in between rushes to be ready. My drivers went home 45 minutes before yours did. Oh, so you ran better labor and better service, a bigger bonus check. You felt like you conquered the rush instead of
1: the rush conquered you. I mean, goodness gracious. If I wasn't closing that night, I went home on time instead of three hours after. And if you were closing
0: that night, you went home on time instead of three hours after. Yep.
1: I, 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 I sighed just because I, in, in the famous words of, of my dear friend, Nona Wood, I like to lead the horse to water and then if it won't drink, I just hold its head under till it does. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. No, her line was, I totally will make it drink. I just want to help you guys. And there's so many of you out there being reactive and it just breaks my heart because you're making this so much more difficult than it needs to be. We were in a situation. I don't remember
0: when exactly, but I needed to go in and, and help the manager close the store. So I was doing the dishes and, um, There was another driver there, but we needed two drivers to close. The driver looked at me and he said, you know, if everybody did dishes as fast as you did, we wouldn't be here this late every night. And I just looked at him. I said, you're not wrong. And he's like, why are you you moving so fast? And I said, because I want to go home. I don't want to be here for three hours doing dishes when I can bust my rear end and get them done in 40 minutes. I, I want to go home. I've got ice cold soda in the Fridge waiting for me, or whatever it is you've got waiting for you. Can I share a, a I was bad moment? Uh, <laughs> if I say no, the listeners
1: are going to be very mad at me because they all want to hear this. Please, um, may I repent? business this store, I was supposed to do a product class, and and the store wasn't ready for the class. No worries, fine. it's Four o'clock. Let's and it's like a Thursday. And they have like three. Pans of prep done, like total three pans, and I'm like, okay, we're not going to do the class. We're just going to prep you for the dinner rush. How many actual pans do you need? We pull the report, and it's 41. They have three, and it's four wow. That's not enough. That's not enough. However, their insiders who so are supposed to be there for prod class show up late for the prod class, but early for the dinner rush. So they're they're, they're kind of strolling in between like 4:30, 4:40. Hey, manager in charge. Can they make pants? Yes. Fabulous. Can they make 40 pans? Can three of them make 40 pans in the next 10 minutes? Oh yeah, no problem. Five minutes go by. I round the corner because where they're prepping is not in the production area. It's away from it. And I've been making pizzas and helping the manager in charge, talking to some customers. We had a couple customer care issues I round the corner. And I see a person, a CSR making a pizza, a pan pizza. And, and he, is, he is playing patty cake with the dough. I don't know how else to put it. He has it going back and forth in his hands. He's not stretching it. He's it's just going back and forth. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, this is how I make pans. And, and in a moment of weakness, I said, that's how you make pans really slow. I need pans re- right now. How many of the three have you done? Now, mind you, they had 10 minutes to do 40. There's three of them doing it. And it's five minutes. They've made four pans. That's not very many. In a moment of weakness, while they were messing around with it. I may have grabbed a pan, buttered it, grabbed a dough ball, made a pan, closed it. And they were all still in the I'm grabbing dough phase. And I'm like, I need you to make one that fast, each of you four or five times, and then just be done. When they gave me lip about it, I may have in a moment of weakness said, then just clock out and go home. You're not helping me. Because in this episode of being proactive and reactive, I am attempting to be proactive. I want to get ahead of the rush because I know what's about to happen. And my roadblock is my very own team members. I am 100% in the camp of if you are not here to help me, then you are not going to be here. And so I may have been slightly meaner to these three poor CSRs who very clearly had had no expectations set to them before this moment. And that's not their fault. That is not their fault. Totally my fault for just being like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Drew, shame on you. It is. It is. I had a moment. It has been a very long time since I saw three people move so slow at the same time. Sure.
0: And, I, you know, I, I think there's a lesson in it because I heard about this story. And I'm going to add the part of the story that maybe you're not going to. And that is what great leaders do when they have a moment and they realize they've misstepped. They go back and they say, you know, I owe you an apology. I was short with you. Let me show you how we're going to knock these out much quicker. And then they get on board and they feel good about themselves. Listen, you're all going to have moments of weakness. You're all going to say things you wish you hadn't. What the best of you will do is go back and own that misstep and then do the training that
1: those team members want, need, and deserve. And I appreciate you saying that I did that. I did do that. I even went back two days later and did it again. But it was just a moment of weakness because, wow, like, again, I'm just trying to help. If we just do this right now, in this 10 minutes, the next two hours will be so much easier. To slow walk it just makes my life more difficult. It's going to make your life more difficult. Now, if you just want to ride the clock, then, like, go to a car wash place and wait for people to roll around so you can hose their window down. Like, this isn't the place for you if you just want to ride the clock. There's always stuff to do. Yes. Yes, it is. All right,
0: cool. We are in final approach. Uh, episode 69 has been brought to you by the good folks at Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Bowser Consulting.
1: I, I think I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. I didn't know that it was the fine folks at Drew and Sam Talk Training. That was that was an upgrade from what we normally are. Oh, yeah, I think we're getting better at this. At least that's what the listeners tell us. Don't you have some like follow spiel you have to give right now that I may have interrupted? Yeah, I I, I do. And I'm going to get to it. If you could um, please stop talking. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not talking. Stop talking. Not talking now.
0: So this has been Drew and Sam Talk Training Episode 69. If you haven't already, please like us and follow us. Send us a picture, show (laughs) us that you have uh, liked us and followed us, and uh, you may get a hat pin in the mail. As always, I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. And I am Drew with Better
1: Than Yesterday Consulting. Go out, sell more pizza, and have more fun.
0: That's all folks.